coming up on today's podcast. My love for Africa started when I watched The Lion King, David. <laughs> A political science and then with specialization of public relations. So um, I was looking for something in this area. Back then, I was still hoping that I'm going to work in public relations. That it's not that these people are, are being there being poor and they are miserable, they are like so unhappy, they don't know what to do with their lives. This is my setup, I don't know how to it's say, just, you don't need it. You have to look like this, you know, <laughs> that you're recording something, you're professional. <laughs> just amazing. So you see, I'm like, I'm not scared of all this. I'm just, I'm just extremely excited about it. And Aziland was also really amazing for me and stayed somewhere in my head. Yeah, so many places. It's, it's like Stellenbosch was beautiful too, and all the surroundings. Beautiful, <laughs> first of all. Yeah, but um, so yeah, you see, and I was like, oh wow, is it cancelled? Like, should I go home or what's happening? <laughs> but then it was just turning out. People just were arriving slowly, slowly, slowly. So. If you want to meet Polish people, go work in London. Then you will meet uh, <laughs> Polish people, but. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's more excited than me or you. Oh, that's so cute. Uh, where are you? I'm wondering, where are you? In your apartment, obviously, house, I mean. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if you can hear me well. Should I put on uh, headphones, maybe? No, the headphones, it's um, not necessary. Um, I just have headphones because um, uh, I have a, like I have my microphone and like set up and stuff. So it's a little bit more like more professional. And then uh, I can't play the audio through the computer. It uh -huh. goes directly into my ears. Okay. And perfect. obviously that way, that way, um, yeah, it, it, I don't know. It just... It's just my setup. I don't know how to it's say just, you don't need it. You have to look like this, you know, that you're recording something, you're professional. <laughs> I don't know. I feel a bit bad these days about my uh, podcast because um, I don't know which episodes, what is the reason for them being popular? And I don't <laughs> know why some of them are unpopular. And I think if I knew that, I would feel better about my podcast because some of the, the episodes that I record, I'm like, I, I finish it and I'm like, I think this is the be best podcast I've ever done. I think when it comes to content and what yeah. we spoke about and the feelings and the emotions, that's like the best podcast in the world. And then yeah. like a month later, there's like 19 people saw it. I'm like, what's the fucking point? <laughs> and then there's other podcasts, not that they're bad or anything, but I'm like... I was uh, I was amateur when I did it, and they have like 600 views on YouTube. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why? Crazy. Uh, one day you will know. One day. <laughs> Hopefully. So, um, um, just to uh, uh, not make it too awkward, like I've already started recording, and I think we don't do <laughs> we don't do an introduction. We just go straight into the the podcast if that's cool with you. Because a lot of people get nervous when you when you say one, two, three, lights, camera, action, yeah, okay. we record, and then like, oh fuck. So <laughs> basically, I try to make it as smooth as possible. Okay, no problem. <laughs> so let's let's do it. Let's just go ahead. Yeah. So 
I need to introduce you to African internet, which means that we might have problems during this podcast. And if that uh, does happen, uh, we'll probably just stop recording here. I'll make contact with you over WhatsApp and we'll choose if we go to Zoom or if we continue with Skype. But uh, for my uh, video and audio listeners, uh, yeah, internet in Africa is really shit. And uh, it is one of the biggest uh, challenges in the world to try and do an online podcast uh, uh, at the moment. But anyway, um, I want to first talk about um, this video that you created for the internship. So one, what is this video? uh, (laughs) (laughs) What is... What is the internship and how does a girl that theoretically comes out of almost like communist uh, type of country become exposed to African culture and how do you find out about this internship and two uh, or three, this video that you created, uh, I'm going to see if I can maybe put some of it in, but I'm super impressed because even if you edited this video today, it's impressive. So considering that it's 10 years ago, it's super impressive. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's a funny story. Uh, so basically, hmm, how did it all started? So I've heard about Isaac from my cousin. She was uh, she was telling me about it a lot, like that this is a great opportunity for me to travel, to go abroad. She knew how much I was interested in Africa. So she was telling me about this over and over again, convincing me to create that CV, that kind of application I can send on to their, uh, they had they had like a system where you can just upload uh, your CV and show yourself and then wait for, for the reply from some company or some organization or someone from around the world to let you participate in their internship that some internships were paid some were unpaid so on and so forth so I, I wanted it so badly that i was thinking about a way that would make me look outstanding you know in front of everyone or just outstanding you know and i couldn't find a way and then I don't know if that was my idea or someone just gave me a hint and I, and I was like, yes, I'm going to do this. How this happened? I had like very basic camera um, with video recording option. So I was walking around yeah. my city with that camera. You see how bad the quality of the video is. So I was basically <laughs> walking around, recording everything. Just I did it all myself. Mm, level of my English back then wasn't the best, even though on the video everything is perfect and I'm speaking perfect English, because I had friends who helped me with it, with that, you know, to prepare the text and everything. So I was trying my best. And then, as I always had people around me, I, I'm like this kind of person who have people around me and that's what I really I love in my life. There is one person who helped me to edit that video and he created it. He put the music in the background and prepared that super fancy intro and everything. Yeah. So that was amazing help of just someone who, who did it for me. And then once I had that ready, I started the sending in the, the CV and I think the first person I sent it was the guy who actually helped me to get into Cameroon and when, when we met in person 
and he told me that when he saw my video, he knew I'm, I'm just going to be the one there. <laughs> but the, the English, did you, how many takes did you do for some of those little things? Because I, I watched it with Anya last night. I'm like, fuck, her English, her English is unbelievable right now. But geez, her English was really good back then as well. So you, like, <laughs> did it take, uh, was it many takes to get it done or you were quite good with <laughs> Of course, of course, especially that one when I'm saying at the very beginning when there's a winter background and I'm saying it's beautiful, huh? <laughs> oh my God. And was it uncomfortable or, or you were quite comfortable with uh, recording those type of things? It was very uncomfortable, but I was there. it was a park very close to my house. And I think I went there in the morning when there was not many people. So I was just fine. I was almost alone over there, but I was taking loads and loads shots. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's amazing. I think um, the way you did it, uh, it's almost like uh, we were watching some sort of a television show from back in the day that's <laughs> trying to show us what Warsaw looked like. I thought uh, it was edited really well. I thought... Uh, the scenery that you got, the buildings and everything, and the way that you zoom in and zoom out, <laughs> I'm like, I think it's perfect. <laughs> I'm not surprised that they chose you based on that. And then also your per the cool thing, because I'm doing podcasting and I'm doing some online training and a variety of things, I know how awkward it is to record yourself when you have an idea of what you want to say. So the one part is actually doing it and saying everything correctly. But the other thing is, uh, is to be relaxed enough so that your personality comes out on the video. Absolutely. Because if you're too stressed, it doesn't look like you. And I thought what you did amazing was you, I could still, it was you, it was your personality. And it's just this, this girl full of energy. <laughs> oh, that's great. Thank you so much. I'm really happy it looked like this. <laughs> uh, where does your where did your fascination with uh, Africa begin? Because obviously you're not a standard uh, Polish lady, um, and I know that um, from being in Poland that uh, and from if you want to meet Polish people, go work in London. Then you will meet uh, <laughs> Polish people. But uh, other option is to actually go to Poland and meet the other Polish people. And I always distinguish between these two types of Polish people. Those that will forever live in Poland and never travel. And then there's the Polish people that go abroad and they're slightly different. So where did your fascination come with uh, other cultures? And why are you slightly different than 99% of all Polish people? My answer to this question is always the same. My love for Africa started when I watched The Lion King, David. <laughs> no, it's funny, but I'm, I'm honest. That's really true. Since I watched that, and then I was like 10 years old. And then, like, since I remember, I was always watching those documentaries on National Geographic about Africa, about the wild animals. Uh, I was always looking at savannah, you know, in those images and thinking, oh, my God, it would be so amazing to be there, to see this in person. And then as I was growing up, I was like, I don't know why, but my fascination about Africa was like growing with me. And I was always saying to my friends that one day I'm going to go there and I will leave in this tiny little house somewhere in the middle of Africa and I will just be happy over there, you know. And um, 
it was just like that. I think, yeah, the, the television, uh, because I didn't really know anyone from abroad as I was growing up. You know, I was surrounded by Polish people. And uh, I also didn't know many people who were traveling abroad as well, as you are saying. Uh, so it was somewhere, somewhere deep inside me, I would say. Uh, and definitely, yeah, definitely the 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 those uh, documentaries I was watching and all this, and um, and then I was twenty three years old and I made my dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see any uh, uh, animals that look like they're part of the Lion King? Of course, of course, I saw Pumbaa. <laughs> I saw the. <laughs> Mufasa, Simba, all of them, all of them. <laughs> and um, the first time I saw, you sent me the picture of uh, the giraffe, and I remember the first time I saw a giraffe, it was quite magical. Do you remember your uh, experiences seeing some of these animals for the first time and what it felt like? Absolutely. Um, one of the pictures I sent you <clears throat> was on the, like, uh, on the back of the car. It was just me and the, the green background behind me. And that was the moment when I was in Cameroon. We went for a trip to the north part, where was Waza National Park. And that was my first first safari, first safari in my life. And I remember that moment very well, that we were driving with that car. I was sitting at the back. It was like open back. And then we drove into this huge savanna. It was like a kind of raining season, so everything was green. And then I was just saying out loud, this is the moment when my dreams are coming true. This is my dream coming <laughs> true. It's happening. It's really happening. I'm on the savanna, you know, in the middle of it. So that was unbelievable. Then uh, I didn't see, unfortunately, many animals, but I did see uh, giraffes and a lion, which well, was pretty lucky. Mm, but yeah, I was just just overwhelmed with this. I was just sitting there, looking around, not talking to anyone, just just being there with myself and, you know, experiencing everything. Oh, that was a very important moment in my life, for sure. And um, growing up in Poland, um, I said this on the podcast previously that uh, I had a friend from Kenya or I met a guy in Warsaw whose name is William, who's from Nairobi, Kenya, and he's a black guy. And I said to him when uh, I was in Warsaw, I was like, dude, what freaks me out about Warsaw is that there's no black people. Like you look down the streets and it's just white people and it just feels uncomfortable because I, be, being from Africa, it's normal to have such a variety Right. of uh, races and cultures and religions and languages. And I find it fascinating what your experience was being in a country that has, it's almost, it's Catholic, it's white, it's Polish. What's the experience like going to Africa? And see, was it the first time you saw black people? And it was the first time that you really like uh, interacted with black people. And what was that like? Yeah, so, it, well, it wasn't the first time when I had a chance to interact with them. Uh, that's for sure. Mm. So when I was going to Cameroon, everyone was asking me, uh, are you not afraid? Are you not afraid to go? And I never, ever had that fear inside me. Never. I didn't even think that I'm afraid uh, of, of people or of the, the, you know, the environment, the country. Not at all. The only thing I was worried about was if I'm going to meet good people on my way. That was always my worry. And it's still like, uh, some some sort of worry in my in my you know 
inside me when I do something important, when I go, when I do something new. So um, that was my my main worry, just to meet good people. And when I went there, obviously, yes, it was awkward. However, ISEC, that organization, helped me to feel welcome and not to feel that in this in this kind of weird way because there was loads of interns from around the world so i wasn't the only uh white person and um, in in the group of people i was um, you know uh, i was seeing every day however i was the only white person uh, on the street in the place where i was living um because like first at the very very beginning Mm, I was living in this area called Kradat. It was in, in Yaounde. Yaounde is the capital of Cameroon. And for the first week I was living there, it was like a area for students. And uh, the, the, the pictures I send you, you can see those, uh, those roofs over there. It looks like a sort of rough area, uh, a little bit poor. Uh, just, you know, not houses really, but uh, more like they were like rooms for each person in this in this kind of big building. Uh, so I was sharing a room with that one girl who allowed me to stay in her place for for a week because I was I, I was waiting to go to my actual house. And uh, so I was the only white person over there. Then I was the only white person uh, in the actual house. And that was, that was an interesting experience. People were, whenever they saw me on the street, of course they were looking at me. Uh, back then I didn't have ginger <laughs> hair. So that's good because if, yeah. if I had, I, that would be even more like this. But um, uh, people were calling me all the time on the street. They were calling me La Blanche, La Blanche. In Cameroon, they speak French. So obviously they were speaking French to me. Funny enough, when I was going there, I I spoke no French, not at all. A little bit of English. So I was like so brave going there. But uh, yeah, whenever I was walking on the street, I just heard this La Blanche, La Blanche. And then someone was approaching me immediately, talking to me. After five minutes of conversation, they were asking me to marry them. Uh, so like <laughs> lots of experiences like this. Uh, but in in most of the situations that was positive experience just maybe at the end as i spent six months in cameroon i think i was a little bit tired of of those constant uh, comments and just you know things like that just just like a normal person uh but uh, but in general i felt okay over there yeah uh that uh yeah they must be hitting on you all the time and yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> but that's I think that's obviously something that would happen uh, everywhere but it's uh, um, I know from my brothers as well that's in Korea that uh, if you look different then obviously people are just quite curious I remember when I like I still sometimes when I walked around in Warsaw like I always it's really fucked up but I always say the stereotypical guy in Poland has very short hair <laughs> or he's uh, going slightly bold and uh, there's a certain look about you and then when you are actually walking around there people look at you different because they can see that you're not from the area and then as soon as you start speaking they're like oh and I'm, I can only imagine in a small village that the news travels very fast there's this cute uh, pretty girl white girl that's in the village and then everyone's yeah. going to go look for them and they, all the guys are like trying like let's see um so 
what was the 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 internship? What was the goal? Uh, what, what did you try to accomplish in the six months there with the organization? So, in general, idea of ISEC is that you travel to a place that you like, and you gain skills around your education. So that's the the main idea. So my education is uh, public relations. I was studying uh, political science and then with specialization of public relations. So um, I was looking for something in this area. Back then, I was still hoping that I'm going to work in public relations. However, my life changed completely. I don't, which is fine because it's a great skill to have anyway. And so I was looking for something related to that. And there was loads of loads of internships with with that and and then you have choice you can either go for paid internship where you like properly work for some sort of company or you can go for a voluntary internship which is completely unpaid and so my internship i feel like my internship was somewhere in the middle because it was partially paid but not very much it was more like a pocket money um, so that, mm. that and then what I was doing there. So um, that was online company that had their website where and they were promoting country as Cameroon or city Yaounde city, um, just just promoting it basically, sharing news, sharing I don't know some political information, travel information, things like that. So it was just very generic website about the country. And um, my role wasn't very, uh, very clear from the beginning over there. I, I had a feeling that they were hoping that I'm just going to come in and have loads of ideas to do something. But nobody exactly told me to do what. And which was quite cool. You know, I was young. I was... Or maybe that was just my perception of the situation because, you know, I was just there, just, you know, getting all the information and trying to understand what's going on. Mm, But what I was doing was that, for example, I was asked to attend uh, meetings with potential clients. Uh, So so, like companies that would could have business relationship with that specific company. I was also asked to go and do surveys. For example, I went to Ministry of Communication, walked around the building with survey about the company just to see if people know that company. So the main idea was for me to increase visibility of that brand, of that company. Um, so that was a really interesting experience. What I did for myself was I prepared this booklet uh, like a, like information about the company on paper. I printed it out uh, with sort of offer that you, we can we can give to someone and just information about a company. So I was whenever I was going for a business meeting, I was giving those uh, booklets, just sharing information about the company. Um, well, I'm calling this business meeting right, right now because obviously I was so young and everything was so new to me. It wasn't any sort of professional business meeting. And some people weren't really uh, treating me seriously when they were seeing me because I looked so young and, and so on. However, uh, there was one big success uh, over there for me that I, I got in touch with uh, Muslim TV. Um, I, I think I just met someone, uh, we were just chatting and then 
one thing just led to another and and we met for a meeting and um, I think I, I managed to organize a business relationship between that TV station and the company. So uh, the, the TV station was sharing uh, information about the company on the during news. Like you have this little line on the bottom where some informations are passing by, like like different types. So, um, so th that was how my company was promoted. And then uh, in exchange, my company was giving advertising space to that TV station on their website. And I was a big success because I started the negotiation and then my boss came along and they finished everything and they had this business uh, going on. And I actually did exactly the same thing for ISEC uh, for, because internship was just one part. I was also involved in local, um, uh, how do you call it, local community, uh, local, um, uh, local office basically. Like community I projects? Yeah. Yes, there was loads of community, so I was involved in them, but in, in general, local office of ISEC over there. And uh, okay. I managed to organize this sort of deal for them too. So because back back at that time, we were um, preparing for um, recruitment in October. And that TV station also shared information about our event. And they even came to the event on a day. No way. Super successful from a young age, and now yes. you're still very successful at at not an older age, but definitely older than <laughs> ten years ago. But I'm just wondering, like, it sounds weird because the pictures that you sent me, it's it seems quite rural. It seems quite poor. Uh, I, I think uh, if you consider where you lived, if you compare it to first world countries, then it's very poor. If you consider uh, compare it to Africa, it's pretty standard, pretty normal. But I'm wondering, like. What type of company do you try and advertise when you knock on people's doors that already live in informal settlements and like the picture of the bus stop where it's just a fucking random dirt road <laughs> with a dodgy bus in the middle of nowhere. It's not like it seems that these people have a lot of money. So it's just quite an interesting concept that you're knocking on your door and trying to uh, promote some sort of business. Did you find that strange? Yes, I found that strange. However, you, you say, you see that Yaounde is like a small village. No, 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 mister. It's a nice, beautiful ah. capital of the country. If you go to the city okay, center, okay. you see huge, beautiful buildings. Uh, it was okay, like a okay. sort of business center, I would say, of the country. You would even find their uh, Hilton Hotel and things like that. But... Um, but okay. of course, the the rest of the of the city is completely different. That exactly as you say, yes, it was it was strange for me. It was kind of awkward, and that's why I'm saying that I couldn't understand what my what was my purpose being there and uh, what exactly they want me to do because I think they didn't know themselves either. Yeah, I was just trying to promote that company as good as I could, and. Um, and that, that's it. I think that was basically the main idea of me being there. Because apart from that, I don't remember any special projects for them or, or doing uh, anything else. Uh, there was one, sorry, one project called uh, um, um, 
planting trees control. So I went there with um, with my colleague from the office, and and it was obvious that they were supporting planting trees in the city. So we were controlling that. We were checking if the trees are growing properly. So there was another that random thing as well, right? Mm, but yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, you know yourself that the lifestyle and uh, life, like way of working in Africa is so much different to, to Europe, for example, right? So that was actually something that was very exciting for me, that there were days when I was coming to the office and my boss, and it was just three of us in the office, my boss and uh, my colleague, and we were just going outside, we were going for a walk, we were going to have lunch or to hang out in uh, one of them's apartment, just spending time together. And that was so unusual for me because I was used to working in Poland when, um, where, you know, Polish people have this uh, need of, of like doing everything as best as they can and working as hard as possible and <laughs> doing everything so good. So that was, I think that was so awkward for me that there were just days we were doing nothing. Uh, yes, that was the most interesting thing. <laughs> Is there any other like uh, comparisons or observations that you that you can remember? For example, I know the most common thing is African time and the way that time works in Africa versus the rest of the world is so different. And even being an African, it fucking irritates me so much because I'm just like, especially if people complain to me about money, but then they're late. It's like, listen, money and uh, time are best friends. If you, <laughs> if you like money, you should like time. And those two are just so good for each other. And uh, it's, uh, it's like a tree and water, like they go together. And it's uh, no matter how long I've lived in Africa and I'm born and raised here, it still just gets to me. Is there, did you notice time, for example? And was there other type of things that you like? Fuck, this is so different from, uh, from back home. Absolutely. You see, I, I love to analyze things. I love things to observe everything. I love that. So I, I had loads of observations. But yes, one of them was definitely the time. And like everyone was always late, basically. And it wasn't five minutes, ten minutes, no, hour, two hours. <laughs> and it was normal, you see, because I was participating in loads of meetings, projects, things related to ISEC. And to be fair, that was something that was the, the most exciting thing for me over there. But uh, so we were organizing loads of meetings. And every time when we had something about a specific time, there was always someone late. And if we supposed to start at 4 p.m., people were arriving at 6 p.m. And at the beginning, uh, it was hard for me to understand. I was like, oh, wow, is it canceled? Like, should I go home or what's happening? <laughs> but then it was just turning out people just were arriving slowly, slowly, slowly. So it was just shocking to me, but I don't think it was annoying because I'm, I'm not the most punctual person either. <laughs> so that was sort of okay for me. Uh, it, it wasn't so bad. And I think another very important thing that I've learned from my trip over there was my way of thinking about poverty, uh, about poverty. So basically, you see, when people think about Africa, uh, they always think about like very poor people, poor areas, 
uh, that there is I know people who think there is nothing to do in Africa nothing to see and uh, it's just poor place and there's so many poor countries uh, so it's not even worth to visit and when I went there what hit me like straight away was that of course it looks poor of course there are poor houses there are streets like just poor streets with some random places however I looked at poverty from a completely different perspective, that it's not that these people are, are being there, being poor and they are miserable, they are like so unhappy, they don't know what to do with their lives and um, they are just, you know, just don't know how to live. It's not like that. African people have this amazing energy in themselves and they can really turn every situation in something positive. And they that's what I what I saw when I was living there. And when I was, you know, when I saw these poor houses, I wasn't straight away thinking, oh, poor people. No, I was thinking this is so cool. They have just little piece of roof over their heads and like falling house and like kitchen outside of their house and some random toilet. However, they are standing here on the street, having chats with their friends and family, having like dinner outside and just enjoying their lives. And um, this is something what really got me when I was there. And it made me really think about in a different way about poverty that, um, you know, we see it in a different way. When you look at the picture, like when you're from Europe, you look at the picture, you think, oh my God, they are so poor and they need help. But from their perspective, it's not necessarily like this, not every single time, not in every single situation. Of course, there are very extreme situations where people are in a bad condition and, and you know it so well from from uh, your own company from because you were helping so many people. Um, but this is just, just my perspective. How, how does that sound? I'm wondering, what do you think about it? I 100% I agree and... Um... I think it's it's quite important for me to understand what you're saying also because um, I'm busy with my immigration back to Poland and there's obvious reasons why I'm moving. And I think the problem with me is that um, my thinking, my brain, my education is quite European and uh, it's quite different from a style of thinking here in Africa. And the problem is that I'm not 100% European, but I'm not 100% African and I'm somewhere in between. And it's quite difficult to, to, to live here. And uh, one of the things that I started doing recently, I started reading a book called Sapiens. I don't re uh, remember the name of the author. And at the same time, I'm reading a, a book called Tribe from Sebastian Junger, something like that. And he talks about, uh, and they talk about the evolution of humans. And then this Sebastian guy talks about uh, the comparison between the Native American Indian and the uh, white European. And he talks about, there are, there are thousands of cases where the white Europeans became Indians. They wanted to join the Indian tribe because there's something special about that. And there's not really any documentation of an Indian 
or a Native American joining <laughs> the white yeah. Europeans. And, um, and that there's definitely cases of the more wealth you have, the more things that you have in your life, the more almost like civilized you become, the higher depression and suicidal rates and all of these type of things. And I definitely noticed from this COVID-19 lockdown, being by myself, being uh, away from people, that I do feel better about myself. The smaller my world becomes, the happier I am. And even sometimes it's good not to have good internet because the better my internet, the more I can see other people having a lot, the more I can see bullshit celebrities, the more I can see just... <laughs> people putting shit on social media that is designed to make me feel mm -hmm. insecure or, or make me feel jealous about their life. And the thing with Africa is that I, I, I don't like to use the word poverty. I think if you compare it poverty, and I 100% and I, and I agree with you, that it's just a different style of living. And exactly. we're quite comfortable... We're quite comfortable to say uh, the East and the West. You know, we talk about Asian people and we talk about Western people. But I always feel like I like to introduce a third one, which is the African way. And it's just a completely different outlook on life. And it, it just depends on from where do you view it and how do you analyze it. And there's so much that I see sometimes with African people. The world could be a bit more like this. I wish I could be a bit more like that because I think I would be happier uh, in not a primitive outlook, but a more like I'm supposed to wake up, be positive, work and have a good feeling with my uh, neighborhood. And we just generally in quite a good spirit. And I think uh, whenever I go to Europe or whenever I move in the white community in Africa, there's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of I'm not sharing my food with you. I'm not sharing my uh, table with you. Did you notice that uh, one, African people, the sense of community is a lot better. Uh, they dance better than white people. They always feel like dancing. They always feel like having a good time. They share food. And it's, it's a lot more about uh, the small teams coming together. What was your feeling on that? Absolutely, and this is that was another thing which which, which really got me that uh, yes, they were they were sharing everything with themselves, like between everyone around. They were so open about everything, and um, there was one time in um, I remember in Cameroon that I um, I got mugged and I lost my phone, I lost my camera and everything, and my friends around me immediately they gave me a new phone they gave me new sim cards they helped me with everything immediately so absolutely i saw that so many times and it was it was so good and and it's definitely is exactly what what i wanted to say was exactly what you just explained uh, so well that it's it's not being poor over there it's like life it's like a different lifestyle and this is, I think this is something that it's really difficult to understand for people from like other countries than, uh, or, or like other continents than Africa. And that uh, people are just li living in a different way. Um, but what was another thing I wanted to say was that, um, you see, I think there was, I think I felt in Cameroon so well because I saw so many similarities between myself and people over there as I'm coming from a poor family 
I always like since I was young, I remember there was like we weren't the, the most uh, we, we didn't have much money. And since I was like 15, I uh, I started working. I, I got my first job at that age and I was earning my own money to not to ask my parents for money because I knew they didn't have it. So I had to sort of look after myself. And I remember like since I was at that age, I was always like doing so many things, getting like getting loads of different jobs, moving around the city, taking a bus, going here, taking a bus, going there, uh, jumping on my bike, doing like meeting people. And then I came to Africa and I see that people live that way over there because when you look at the streets, you see that people are constantly moving. This is another thing that really is amazing about Africa, that people are constantly either on their motorcycles or maybe not on the bikes, but on the motorcycles, um, on the, <laughs> their car or like running, going somewhere because they have so many businesses to do. Because, you know, if you don't have like a one proper job, you have to have little, little businesses, little things to do to get some money from here and there and that was my own experience from Poland from when I was young so when I was when I was in Cameroon I felt like oh my god this is so similar this is so similar you know mm -hmm. uh, other than Cameroon remind me that you've been to South Africa you've been also to Tunisia or what was the other one yeah, so the first place in Africa was Tunisia, yes, uh, that was just a short trip um, uh, I went to, that was, so that was my first trip at all abroad, and I was uh, in 2009, I think, so one year before Cameroon, and then yeah. after Cameroon, I was traveling a lot, like, when I got back from Cameroon, I knew, I was like, I knew I'm not going to live in Poland anymore, for sure. I knew from that moment that I'm going to move out from, from Poland one day and live somewhere else. And since then, I was traveling a lot. So I visited South Africa, as you know, very well, <laughs> as we went there. <laughs> and I'm going to I'm gonna interrupt you there. Like, uh, something I will never forget about your trip of South Africa is, I think it was Durban, where you and Daniel were driving your car from Johannesburg through the fucking Kruger National Park to Durban, I think. And then you were driving around late at night in the super dodgy neighborhood in Durban and you somehow fucking survived it. And I'm listening to this. I'm like, that is just so crazy. But it's so cool that, like, uh, for people listening, like, Daniel and Agnieszka, they had, like, a real African experience. It's not like... They come. They came down here, and it's like you live in the five-star guest hotels and the lodges and everything. They came down for the real African experience, and it's so cool to like. It was so cool to be here because uh, we obviously have some friends visiting every now and again. And working in tourism, I'm constantly busy with rich fucking assholes that <laughs> just have a certain like. You might as well be in Beverly Hills right now because you're staying in some sort of mansion. And it's so cool that when you guys were here, it's like fuck, you're really experiencing Africa. That was so cool. Oh yes. Oh my God. We have so many beautiful memories and. And those memories are about exactly the, the moments you're talking about. Like when we were in Durban, we got there during the night. It was like dark, pitch dark. So we were like, okay, we need to find some accommodation. So we went to the first place. And then in the morning, it turned out this is the worst area of Durban. <laughs> 
<laughs> so we were so worried about our car. We couldn't sleep. We were just looking down because that was our only way of, you know, moving around. So we had to have it. Yeah. And another another time was I remember when we were going to Swaziland. Uh, we were cro we crossed the border and then we were just driving, driving. We wanted to go as far as possible to reach some some hotel, and it was again pitch dark. And obviously, there is no there is no light on the on the road, nothing. So and you just have to be super careful. Careful, and also people are walking everywhere on the road, everywhere, and then. And so so that was amazing experience. Yeah, so that was South Africa. Then after that. The next place we went was Tanzania and Zanzibar. Uh, that was some... Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that was... Oh, my God. That was an amazing trip because, first of all, that it was another time when we had a chance to go on safari. Um, and then we've climbed Kilimanjaro. That was another amazing thing, our huge achievement. <clears throat> where actually Daniel proposed to me on the top of Kilimanjaro, so <laughs> try to beat that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was a truly amazing trip. And then we finished in in Zanzibar, so that was amazing. And I, I also wanted to say that safari is something that is my favorite thing in Africa, like my favorite thing. It's like... I went already for, I've been to three safaris in my life. So the first one was in Cameroon when, during raining season where I only saw a giraffe and a lion. Then the second one was with Daniel with a small rented car and our own tent uh, in the campsite of um, uh, Kruger National Park, which was amazing experience, just driving on our own in this tiny car between buffaloes on the road and all that. It was just so amazing. And the third safari was in Tanzania where we hired this amazing company they were like bringing us everywhere showing us so many amazing places we were sleeping in the middle of serengeti uh, in tanzania which is like another huge dream coming true imagine me this little girl watching national geographic documentaries and now she's in the middle of savannah in serengeti oh my god that was that was so such an amazing experience and when you're on safari that's the best what you can do it's like you are disconnected completely from the outside world you are forgetting that you have a job that there are those big cities somewhere out there that there are people you know you are just there with the nature focusing from the morning until the evening to look for animals and that was the best experience ever and I remember Daniel seeing the Southern Cross for the first time and how amazed he was because it was only something that he saw on t uh, films and stuff. And I'm like, dude, that's normal, you know? It's a bit like... <laughs> and growing up in Africa, growing up, I don't want to give the false impression and you can maybe speak on it. Uh, um, but I, I think sometimes us Africans, we try to... I think humans in general try to tell stories that it sounds more amazing than what it actually is. When we put pictures out on Instagram or Facebook, we choose uh, three pictures out of 700 that looks amazing. And we try to always... And Africa is dangerous, one, if you are... 
<laughs> driving around in cities and doing things, but it's not as dangerous as what people think. It, uh, I think also we have a lot of wildlife here, and yes, you should be careful, and yes, it is dangerous, but it's also not that dangerous. Um, and there are a lot of amazing things, but um, one, was it quite cool to see stars uh, as bright as they were? Was it quite cool to be in... Uh, in, uh, in nature and be like, shit, if I'm not careful, I might get eaten or a snake might bite me and I actually might die because I know that the worst thing in Warsaw is a fucking mosquito. That's the most dangerous <laughs> thing. Or uh, like, uh, there's nothing really, uh, that's the problem I have with cities. I feel like if you really want to understand your position in the world, when you leave the house, there should be something able to kill you. Now, the only thing in the city that can do that is if a fucking bus or a tram hits you or is some really bad situation with crime. But there's something cool about living in a country where if I'm not careful in my garden, there's a snake that can bite me. And if I'm not careful, then it's going to be really bad. And I think there's something about that whole experience that really puts uh, people in touch with the world with nature and just how special this place is that we live on oh that's true that's absolutely true you see i love nature nature is something that really calms me down i love going out and being like in this wide space and looking at just just sitting there and staring at the nature and i remember so many moments when we were for example in south africa and sitting uh, beside our tent on some sort of rock and just looking at the view, looking at the sky. Of course, this, the sky was just full of stars. There was no clouds, nothing. And it was breathtaking. It was just amazing. And every single view when, when we were, um, which was, I think we were climbing that mountain in Stellenbosch. We went for a walk. I don't remember the name of the mountain right now, but uh, we went for that walk, and that was the most ama amazing view you could you could even imagine. Just looking at that, and um, so that was that was really unbelievable about being in danger and thinking about it. So I think, um, yeah, definitely, when you're in Africa, of course, it it just comes to you, and you because you see those animals so close to you, and like for example, when we were in Africa in one of the camps in Kruger Park and uh, you see camps over there are uh, fenced so there is a fence around every single camp and one day we were doing a uh, braai mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hope that's the right way to say it that's we were doing perfect, it perfect perfect <laughs> and uh, we were just doing it in the evening and then you hear something is coming to you, just coming your way. And then we flash, we were super quiet and we just flash um, our um, our torch in, like towards this. And then we saw that there was hyena uh, standing or even yeah. two hyenas standing there and looking at us, like smelling, not really looking because I think they, they couldn't see us very well, but they were just smelling the food and everything and then we felt oh my god it's so close i could just touch it if i wanted you know but thank god there was a fence another situation was that when we were in um, tanzania sleeping in the middle of serengeti we see um, camps in serengeti are not fenced <laughs> at least not all of them i'm sure there's one maybe with fence but most of them are not so we were sleeping in the middle of nowhere and there was one time when a female lion came to our camp 
and she was just passing by. And there was a guy who came out from his tent. He saw her. They saw each other. But thank God nothing happened because, because he was just slowly, slowly going back to his tent. He went there being very calm. And then she went away. Of course, our rangers who were with us, they checked the situation immediately. They were just, you know, trying to, to scare the lion off. And then what, what turned out was that there was more than just that one lion around. But they were just hunting for a buffalo which was just passing yeah. by and they didn't care about us they 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 didn't care we were like trees for them and that's another thing you see that in safari when you see those big cats they are not interested in people they they just you can just stand there and they don't even look at you because they treat you as a tree uh so maybe that's why i wasn't so scared but uh, yeah, but sleeping in, in the middle of Serengeti was, was a thing, was a thing. You were like waking up to some like big nose sniffing close to your head, close to your tent. I think that was uh, maybe um, uh, the the warthog, the, the, the peak or some kind of zebra, I don't know, uh, just sniffing close to our tent. And that was experience. That was just amazing. So you see, I'm like, I'm not scared of all this. I'm just, I'm just extremely excited about it. And um, yeah, I, I wasn't, I wasn't really scared of Africa. I was, of course, I was very careful in some moments. I remember when um, there was that one bad time in Cameroon, I was walking through the city center with my two friends. And there was that guy who came over because he saw a white girl. So he obviously wanted to talk to me. But he was a little bit drunk, and uh, in the end, he I think he wanted some money. He was constantly speaking French, so I couldn't understand, and then he tried to hit one of my friends, so we had to run away, but everything had, like turned out well, everything was fine. Uh, but it was just the time when the sun was, it was like close to sunset, it was getting darker and darker, so you don't want to be in the city center when it's dark. But that's not only in Africa, that's everywhere around the world. That's everywhere. And the problem is that if you're white, then some areas you are the foreign object where you stand out and everyone. And not only that, like I was I was w watching your photos or looking at your photos and then you see the girl with the white shoes and you automatically know if someone's wearing white shoes that they're from fucking Europe because yeah. I never wear white shoes because I just get too <laughs> dirty too quickly. But it's a, it is a, it's a, it's a trend and a fashion. So I think it's just a problem of it does happen everywhere. Now, the thing is, if you can disguise and camouflage yourself that you look part of the locals, then people don't want to. And it, it, it's with wild animals and it's with wild people. It's a lot of times, it's just about looking intimidating. It's not actually, it's like when dark dogs fight, they never actually bite each other. It's a lot of like looking intimidating, barking. And if you do that right, then you actually never get to the fight. And if you can blend with your surrounding, then you can avoid certain things. But you're lucky that you had the strongest man I've ever known in my life, Daniel, protecting you in, in Africa. <laughs> Oh, that's so true. That's so true. The strongest man. <laughs> um, wanted to ask you, was it interesting? Did you find it interesting to hear what certain animals sound like? For example, you spoke about the zebra. Uh, was it interesting to smell some of these creatures? Because I, it's like um, when I'm sometimes in the mountain, then I would literally smell. I'll be like, fuck, there's a bunch of baboons around the corner. And wild animals actually smell like wild animals. And 
it's it's there's there's just a different energy that sounds suddenly around you um did you was it interesting listening to the sounds that some of these creatures make were they different than what you actually thought like uh, or did you watch the lion king so much that you know exactly which sound which animal <laughs> makes well yeah the true that, that's actually interesting what you said that you can smell the actual animal when you're passing by that's amazing that's that's really a skill uh but um yeah, of course, I was watching so many uh, documentaries about animals, so I sort of knew what to expect, how they sound. Uh, but of, I didn't, I wouldn't know how they smell. That's actually a very good point. But yeah, I remember in uh, in Tanzania. I, I'm gonna just stop you. I, I'm just gonna stop you there. <laughs> I'm not saying that uh, you can take a, uh, you can rub your hand on a wild animal and put it in front of my nose when I'm, <laughs> no. when I uh, can't see, and I'll be like, oh, this is a three-week-old baby lion. I, all I'm saying is that uh, wild animals, their fur picks up uh, a scent, and for example, specifically baboons. When and I'm talking about where I used to live this last four years. If I go into the mountains, sometimes there's like thirty to sixty in a troop, in like a, a little community together. And once they start moving into your area, you can literally smell them about uh, anything from 20 to 50 meters away. So I'm talking on that. I don't want to give a perception that I can smell all these animals. <laughs> no, no, no. So just, just finishing up the smell topic, uh, the, the the only time when I like really noticed that was in Ngorongoro National Park, which was part of uh, Tanzania again, and we were uh, in the old crater of the volcano, which was now like just a huge space for animals, and there was loads of zebras and uh, antelopes. Uh, so they definitely have the specific smell you're talking about. But uh, going back to uh, to what I wanted to say, uh, yeah, hearing animals. So yes, when we were in, in Tanzania, there was that one morning when the lion raw, and it was like so, so amazing. It was like, I think at around 5 a.m., and you hear this raw, and it was just, oh my God. And you hear it, and you feel like, oh my God, he's so close to us. So that was scary at the same time, but very, very exciting. But yeah, that stayed in my mind for sure. And again, this um, I'm always like calling it the sniffing nose. So those animals who are like really close to us, coming to our tent and just sniffing around. And not, I, I didn't feel scared or anything. It was just interesting. Or uh, zebras or let's say antelopes running right beside our uh, our tent. Or like maybe not right beside, but pretty close so I could hear them. Uh, running like doo -doo 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 -doo. so that was that was another thing and uh, that was really really catchy when I was there yeah but that's a that's actually a good question I didn't think about it so so much mm, but yeah it stayed in my head for sure I I know this because uh, I play games Andy and I play a, a variety of games sometimes and I'll be like uh, make like a horse or make like <laughs> a rabbit or something like that and then the one day I said make like a zebra and then she made like the sound like a horse or a donkey I was like that's not how they fucking sound and then I and I, I made the sound which I'm not going to do right now because <laughs> then you can clip it into this little video that repeats itself <laughs> and I said to her that's what it sounds like she's like no it doesn't and then I played her the, the uh, just search anyone that's not uh, uh, familiar with it just search uh, zebras 
uh, talking or zebra sound on YouTube, and then you'll hear that. It's quite uh, interesting. And then people are like, no, but I watched The Lion King. Well, go watch The Lion King again, where they sing the circle of life, that <laughs> opening song. And when they go through that camera shot and they go onto the zebras, you'll actually hear what they sound that's like. True, that's so true. Yes. <laughs> oh, my Lion King, always forever, like, life. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you've seen uh, you've seen more of Africa than what I have. You've seen more animals. For example, I can't remember if I've ever seen Pumba. Uh, I wonder if people actually know the real name of Pumba, like the name of the creature. And I'm not going to say you can go search that uh, by yourself. But um, I think it's Wardog. 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 Warthog, yeah, okay. or Artfark, Artfark in Afrikaans. <laughs> uh, no, not the Artfark, that's a different one. I don't actually know what it is in Afrikaans. But um, you've seen more uh, places in Africa, you've visited more countries, you've seen more cities. I've actually never been to Durban. I've only once or twice been to Johannesburg. So uh, you've seen a lot more. I obviously just experience Africa more when it comes to the people and living here and stuff. So... Um, and I don't know how much time we have just because uh, of African internet. But if you, if we had to slowly start wrapping up, do you have a favorite animal and why? Um, do you have a favorite place that you've uh, visited here? Uh, what is some of your fondest memories uh, of the people or the cultures here? Um, and if there's something that you want to tell, for example, European, but maybe more specifically Polish people of something to experience out there. So, okay, so start so many questions. <laughs> uh, okay, so starting with my favorite animal, hmm, I think elephants. Elephants are, are very special animals. I really love them. Uh, they are they are so beautiful and they have spirits. They have they 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 are like very um, like family animals. They treat each other the mm -hmm. way people treat each other which is amazing uh, so yeah I think elephants are are my favorite and um, my favorite place uh, you said here so you mean South Africa or in general Africa I would say uh, when I say here I mean Africa I, okay. I very rarely talk about specifically South Africa I just like to say I'm from Africa okay <laughs> Oh my god, it's really hard to choose, to be honest, because I've seen so many beautiful places. But I would say Serengeti, being in Serengeti and doing safari over there would be one of these places. Uh, Swaziland was also really amazing for me and stayed somewhere in my head. Yeah, so many places, it's like Stellenbosch was beautiful too and all the surroundings, everything, like everything. But, uh, but yeah, I think Serengeti would be on the top of my list. Uh, um, my experiences with people. I think that I'm glad you asked this question because I also wanted to talk about it before that uh, when I was living in Cameroon, it was amazing that I felt the best when I was surrounded by locals because I met so many amazing people over there and the, the people I was uh, like spending my days were young people, young students. I was spending loads of time on the university campus with them doing some projects having fun and i felt so comfortable with them because they were like so welcoming they were just so natural normal people and i felt like we were so alike and uh, i think yeah people in cameroon um were very very special 
for me because I've I've met so many different types of people um, around in Africa, and uh, of course not all experiences were nice or like not everyone was super friendly, um, but that's just what you need to see and experience yourself when you're in Africa and then decide whether you like it or not and and so on and so forth uh, but yeah so I think that was a great experience for myself and then your last question was what would I say to Polish people or like people about Africa in general right yeah exactly um, so first of all, I would definitely encourage everyone just to go there and see how it looks like because there's so many beautiful places to, to visit. Like, of course, the nature, the nature is like number one in Africa, for sure. For me, it's number one. That's the reason why I'm going there. That's the reason why I'm thinking about Africa every like so often, every, every now and then. And I'm thinking I want to be there again. I miss Africa because of the nature and then I think people shouldn't be afraid going to Africa because uh, if you are smart if you are careful like everywhere else and in, in every other city around the world you're fine you're gonna be safe and uh, but I also think you have to be like open person open-minded positive um, and not being like suspicious about every single situation, every single person. Being careful doesn't mean being like suspicious, you know. Uh, just be friendly. And then like I believe, I truly believe that smile opens so many doors. And you can really experience amazing things if you are open-minded. So yeah, that's my advice. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's so interesting because, um, you know, just to maybe speak on something that you said there, it's about um, the interesting thing, I, like we all as uh, societies have certain stereotypical cultural traits and something that I find interesting about Polish people, a lot of times you'll tell them something and they almost want to enter into a competition and tell you, but... <laughs> They've almost okay. had a better experience or maybe your experience wasn't that amazing. And, you know, I moved to Warsaw and then people and I'll be like, fuck, I really miss, uh, you know, the outdoors. And they'll be like, but we have Pole Mokotowski. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about, Pole Mokotowski? That's like my my garden is more wild than Pole Mokotowski. My, my cat will eat the squirrel in Pole Mokotowski. Like, gee whiz. And I think... Or people will talk about uh, uh, the lakes in Poland or they'll talk about uh, the mountainside. Can you maybe just uh, try and explain? I'm not saying it's ugly. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying there's a better or worse. But I think sometimes people don't realize there is a difference between a European forest <laughs> and a European mountain versus some of the nature that you experience in, in Africa. Absolutely, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I think that, you know, uh, with Polish people uh, is that we just love our country so much that we want to promote it, we want to say it's the best, uh, it's the most beautiful in the world, because it's beautiful, of course. Uh, so I understand these people. But uh, yes, it's, it's true, there is such a big difference between um, nature in Africa and nature here. That's why I miss it so much, um, every now and then that you see in Africa what when I think about Africa I think about space 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 loads of space 
you can just sit there and you won't see the horizon and um, you just see so many different landscapes and there's that huge freedom uh, you can experience when you are out there. I think that's the that's the main difference. Uh, and there's like so many different things, such a huge variety of things uh, that you can see. Mm. So yeah, that I, that's I think that's the way I would explain it to someone uh, over there. And and obviously in Africa, you you would see things that you would never experience in in Europe. Uh, it's very unique. Mm-hmm. It's, it's special place. I'm absolutely in love with Africa. Uh, uh, I have uh, one comment and then I have one question and I think then we're going to wrap it up. Uh, fuck, I wish I wish we were in person and I probably would have done a three-hour podcast with you and uh, <laughs> unfortunately uh, the problem is this video uploads onto Skype and then I have to download it and even just downloading a 500 megabyte or one gigabyte uh, video from Skype, it took me something like... Uh, 12 hours the other day. It's just fucking okay. ridiculous. <laughs> so let's let it run. Uh, so, <laughs> so the, the comment is uh, the interesting thing about the elephants. I agree with you. It's, um, but I, I always distinguish between a uh, wild elephant and then the tame elephant. So if you go to the elephant sanctuary, then it's like the most amazing thing in the world. But then once you go into the wild, the last fucking thing that you want to see is an angry elephant because they oh. are they are almost more dangerous than a lion. It's like uh, uh, and um, but uh, I think one of the most special uh, experiences I've ever had in my life, uh, and I've gone I think three times to Nisna. Uh, elephant park uh, year on the the coast of South Africa where you can uh, go touch the elephants you can go feed them and these are rescue elephants so it's not elephants that are captured uh, to be presented to humans it's uh, elephants that Elephants are weird. They, uh, if they don't like you, uh, if they don't like other elephants, they might throw them out of the group. And there's a whole variety of things that might happen. Or it's elephants that are taken out of zoos uh, or fucking some rich arsehole had an elephant as a pet and it was removed from this arsehole. That's the type of elephants that you go see there. And it's one of the most magical things. My last question for you is... <laughs> <laughs> When you were in Africa, you got the cornrows. What was that experience like getting them? And what was the experience like going back to Poland with (laughs) those cornrows and people seeing that? Because I can obviously imagine that it must have been quite a thing. So that was painful, (laughs) first of all. Yeah, but um, so yeah, you see, I I've been surrounded by so many beautiful African girls, and um, most of them had those um, this this on on her on their hair. So I was thinking from the very beginning when I came there that one day I'm gonna ask one of the girls to do it for me. So, but that was at the end of my trip. Uh, when I wanted to surprise my family and just arrive at the airport with this on my head, just so they know that I was really in Africa. Because uh, at some stage I felt like my family didn't really realize that it was I was really in Cameroon, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, but um, yeah, so that was so cool. And I felt like, a, and that was at the end of my trip, which was after six months of, of living in Cameroon. So I already felt so comfortable over there. And then with this on my head, I felt even more like part of the community, part of, of the people. So I was so nice. It was a little bit painful when my friend was doing it for me because, of course, and it was so challenging for her 
because she was saying, oh my God, your hair is so thin. I can't do it. You see, because they have so completely different type of hair. So that was so cool. Uh, but she did it for me. And I think she even did it twice because I had the two pictures with two, two different styles over there. But it was amazing when I arrived at the airport. My parents were there. My best friend was there too. And they were like looking at me. They didn't recognize me at first. And then I was with my tan, African tan and African shirt, like with some animal pattern on it. I looked so African and I was so proud of myself. That was super cool. <laughs> that is so cool. Like uh, I... Uh... I, I got dreadlocks when I was a kid, so uh, I don't I don't smoke weed and I don't drink anymore. But as a teenager, I used to do quite a lot of it. And at one point, it's obviously you want to grow a beard and you want to have a bit of dreadlocks and all of these. And I was hanging out with uh, Senegalese uh, and Muslim people and Rastafari and we were in the African drum circles and stuff. And then I wanted to get dreadlocks. And it was so painful that first <laughs> night everything is just sticking to the pillow and every time you move it almost like pulls this part and oh. uh, it is uh, it's, it's quite an experience to get a different <laughs> hairstyle uh, completely absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> oh, great question Agnieszka <laughs> thank you so much this has been awesome I would have spoken uh, I would speak to you quite uh, quite a lot longer uh, we're going to stop recording but just stay on uh, on air uh, we're going to continue talking but uh, thank you so much it's been awesome I loved our, our conversation thank you so much David it was a pleasure to, to, to be here and thanks so much for having me <laughs>